Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Today's episode, we are going to talk about the best way to start and end your ELA class period. I love this topic. I think it's really important and helpful when dealing just with classroom management and having a great start and end to each class period. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to just let you know about a free live training we have coming up. Our first one is on February 20th, but we have four other dates and times to choose from. We will be talking all about strategic lesson planning um, strategies and an approach that you can use to really help you cut down on how much time you are spending on your lesson plans. So it is called the three must-have strategies for a successful and stress-free ELA program. I would love to invite you to sign up and grab a free spot for that at ebacademics.com forward slash engaging. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash engaging. And I will add the link for that in our show notes as well. All right, let's go ahead and jump in to today's episode. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. Okay, so today I want to talk about a question that we get over and over again on Instagram, on our Facebook page, on our blog, in emails. It's also something that I was asked oftentimes as an instructional coach when I was an ELA coach at my school. But before I get into that question, I want you to close your eyes for a minute if you can. If you're driving, please do not close your eyes. But I want you to just imagine yourself in your classroom for a minute. So let's go into your classroom. The bell has just rung. The kids are coming into the room. They're finding their seats, right? They're taking their binders out. There's all kinds of kind of hustle and bustle happening. One student maybe was absent yesterday and they call you over to your seat, talk about what they missed. And as you try to explain the assignments to this student who was absent yesterday, you suddenly realize, okay, the whole room is starting to get louder and louder and louder. And all of the other kids in your classroom are starting to talk to each other. Some are out of their seats. Some of are, some of them are throwing some things away. Some of them are doing random things that you don't even know what they're doing, why they're doing that over in the corner in your classroom. And all of a sudden, you've totally lost control of the room in an instant like that. It happens fast. There is zero productivity happening. And to get everyone refocused and on task, you might even have to raise your voice and redirect them several times. Super frustrating. And I'm sure you've been there. And maybe you're even nodding your head. Yep, that is me. Because I want to tell you that was totally me oftentimes for the first couple of years teaching when I didn't really have a correct, not correct, but a strategic way to start and end my class periods. And I hear so often how many teachers are struggling with this very thing day in and day out, and it gets old fast. And so we get asked by teachers all the time, you know, how can I make my class run more smoothly? What do I do? Because they're really struggling to accomplish everything that we need to get done in a class period, right? There's so much to cover, so many standards for ELA. And think about it, right? We're expected to take attendance, which I will admit to, I often forgot, (laughs) but we are expected to take attendance. We need to check homework. We need to talk to students about missing work, students who are absent. Maybe they have a question about a grade. We need to pass things out. We need to collect things, all while trying to keep 20, maybe 30, in my case, 35 students learning and on task and ready to get started for the day. We are expected to do so much in such a short time. And so luckily, 
the problem, this problem of classroom chaos is probably one of those few things in teaching that really has a shockingly simple solution. And I mean really, really simple. And I promise you, if you give my suggestions that I'm going to share with you today a try, you are going to see massive improvements in not only your students' focus and their productivity, but also in your own ability to be calm and then also accomplish all of the logistical and organizational pieces that go into making a great, well-oiled classroom. And the truth is, if you don't have a set plan in place for the beginning of class and for the end of class, you are going to continue to struggle to get students' attention. You are going to continue to struggle to get your lesson started. And you're going to struggle to even share just important announcements with your kids. And overall, it totally affects and seeps into that classroom community, your presence in your room, how you show up every day. It really affects everything. And so these strategies that I'm going to share with you seriously were a game changer for me in my classroom. I went from feeling pulled like in a million different directions every single class period wanting to pull my hair out to handling everything very calmly with purpose and in an efficient manner. Okay, so let's dive into the strategies that you honestly, you could seriously implement these today if you wanted to when you walk into your classroom this morning, if you are listening to this episode on your way to work, and it is going to change the entire dynamic of your classroom. Okay, first of all, before we start anything else, the first thing that you need to keep in mind is that following a consistent schedule every single day is key. And I'm going to say that again. Following a consistent schedule every single day is key. When you have a consistent schedule, it lets students know exactly what to expect when they walk into your classroom, when they leave your classroom, and it streamlines the entire period. When kids, when our kids, when they really understand the flow of a class period, when they know what's happening, what's happening when, how it's all going to operate, because we've done it time and time and time again, because every day is the same but not really, right? We're changing our content. But the way we start and end our class is gonna be the same every single day. And so because they know that flow of your class period, you don't have to waste time anymore in transitions to and from class because students know exactly what to expect and what they need to do. And so before you start mapping out kind of a schedule in your head for your lessons, I want you to consider these two routines that completely transformed my classroom that are going to change everything for you. So the first routine that you want to start implementing that I started implementing is that you want to start each class period with a bell ringer or a do now. And if you don't know what a bell ringer is or a do now, it's like a warm up. It's a very short standards aligned task that takes students about five to 10 minutes to complete right when they walk into your classroom. And after the first honestly, like two, three days of implementing a bell ringer, students are going to know exactly what to do at the beginning of your class period because they know I'm going to walk into Mrs. Mitchell's classroom. I'm going to take out my bell ringer and I'm going to start working on my bell work for that day. They're not going to waste any time, you know, figuring out what to do when they walk into your classroom, waiting for direction from you. They're not going to start talking to each other. And, you know, sometimes they get off task for 10 minutes And if that's 10 minutes of a 40-minute class period, that's 25% of your instructional time gone, trying to get your kids just back on task. And so those 10 minutes 
that they're spending at the beginning of class, that's now going to be used as valuable time for them to be working on standards aligned skills, but also for you to take attendance if you need to, to conference with individual students that you need to have a conversation with, or really just take care of any other logistical business that day. It's also a really, really calm way to start your class period. They know what's happening. You know what's happening. There isn't a ton of chaos. Students are on task. And again, that routine and consistency of doing it day in and day out, you don't even, you'll, you'll get to a point where you don't even have to tell them what they're supposed to do. They'll walk in and they'll just do it. And so if you feel concerned, you're like, okay, students just, they're not going to do the bell ringer. They're, that's maybe what you're thinking. Well, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do anything I say. What you want to, what I want to urge you to do is I'm going to share with you is just a simple strategy that I used. And you can use the same exact thing if you want to, if this is kind of the boat that you're in. And so from the very beginning of the year, the first day of school, I told students that bell ringers are going to be randomly spot checked and graded. So I always give them um, a completion grade for doing it. But every so often, I will really spot check and grade a certain day that they did. And for my students, this was usually enough to really motivate them to get the right work done as opposed to just writing something random on their piece of paper because I always set a bell ringer timer. So, you know, we have the first five minutes or 10 minutes, depending on how long your class period was. And once that was done, um, that bell, once that uh, timer was finished, once that timer went off, the work needed to be completed. And so you also want to keep in mind with bell ringers that it's only effective if it's not busy work. So we don't want to be giving them busy work that's not applicable to what they're learning in class, to something that doesn't have anything to do with the standards that we're trying to cover. And so you want to make sure that the bell ringers that you have are really standards-based and standards-aligned. And when you do this, when you make sure that you have really good solid bell ringers, they are a great way to tie in extra practice and repetition with the standards that you maybe you're currently covering or come back to standards that you maybe haven't visited in a month to have that spiral curriculum effect is, is a great way to use bell ringers. And around the holidays, you can do fun things too, like blackout. We did blackout poetry for Halloween, um, like a summer bucket list before summer break, things like that. So you can make it fun too every so often. So it's not um, always academic, right? We want to add some fun into our content as well. And so we actually have free bell ringers for you. And I can't think of the link for you guys off of the top of my head. So I'm going to link it up for you in the show notes to grab three weeks of free bell ringers. So you can see the types of bell ringers that we use with our students that we found to be extremely, extremely effective. So three weeks of free bell ringers, I'll include the link for you in the show notes. Okay. So that's how we're going to start our class is with a bell ringer, a warm up, or a do now that is extremely intentional. Okay. So next we want to talk about how we're going to end our class because ending our class is just as important. We want to end our class in that same calm and intentional manner as you begin, began it. So it's really a great way to bookend your class period. And the best way that I've found, again, over the years to end each ELA class is to do sustained silent reading. And research shows that when you give kids uninterrupted and consistent time to read a book of their choice, that they are going to benefit from increased content knowledge, vocabulary enrichment, and they become better writers. So that's not a waste of time. 
right? Giving them five, 10 minutes at the end of a class period is helping them on so many other levels that we might not even realize because they're just quote unquote, just reading, but they're not just reading. So much else is happening for them. And you can even read it this time too. And I've done this before and I, I love doing this with my kids because it's a great opportunity for you as the teacher, as their role model to really model for them strong reading habits that they can then, you know, open up a dialogue with them about the books that you're reading and recommendations that you have. And so ending a class period with silent reading has not just a calming effect on everyone in the classroom, yourself included, but it is extremely beneficial use of instructional uh, instructional class time, right? The room is quiet, unless if you choose to play some calm music, but I always kept my classroom quiet. Students are engaged and each day ends on a positive note rather than like a mad dash to get everything wrapped up and finalized and pass out the homework assignments. You do all of that before you do your silent sustained reading at the end of your class period. And so the trick with this part of your routine is that you have to stick to it. It can be so easy to not stick to this, right? We want to just keep going with our instruction or we have one last minute thing that we need to do. And so I like to imagine, you know, I set aside those five or 10 minutes, whatever you decide, let's say 10 minutes. I like to imagine if my class is really ending at three, I pretend that it ends at 2.50. And so everything I need to cover, everything I need to talk about with my kids needs to happen by 2.50 because then I really do have those last 10 minutes of sustained silent reading time for my kids. And it might take kids a while to get into this transition, this way of ending class, but once it becomes a habit, it really is just something that kids love. They love to end their day with you like this, with the silent sustained reading. So those are the two best ways to start and end your ELA class. Begin with those bell ringers and end with sustained sustained silent reading. And once you do so and you stick to the, your consistent schedule, let me know on Instagram how it's going at EB Academics. Just send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so I hope that you guys like those strategies. Can't wait to hear how it goes for you. And I just want to again remind you to sign up for our free training called the three must-have strategies for a successful and stress-free ELA program. We're gonna talk about lesson planning and how you can really cut down to getting to a point of just, you know, 30 minutes of lesson planning a week. So you're not spending your weekends, your weeknights, you know wasting time going down two or three hours of research to find nothing and come up empty-handed. That's not what we want for you. We want you to lesson plan quickly, but also be that engaging and just amazing ELA teacher that we know that you are. Okay, so go ahead and sign up. That's ebacademics.com forward slash engaging. I will include the link in the show notes to that for you, as well as the link to those three free weeks of bell ringers that you are going to love. I will see you guys next week on the podcast. Have a wonderful week.